This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Just a heads up before we begin. This episode contains references to mass murder, abuse, and crime. Listen with care. Previously on Very Scary People, we got to know the members of the DeFeo family. As it turns out, this family that seemed picture-perfect on the surface of things wasn't so perfect after all. It was a household twisted by abuse and sibling rivalry. And on November 13, 1974, all but one DeFeo was killed in cold blood. This bulletin from the WOI newsroom. Six members of one family have been found shot to death in their night clothes in their expensive home in Amityville, Long Island. The only survivor of the family, 23-year-old Ronald Butch DeFeo Jr., was said to have discovered the bodies. Were these unspeakable murders the end result of a dysfunctional family gone wrong? Or could something else have been at play? It was interesting that all the bodies were found on their stomach and hands were, were raised, but they were not awake. And one of the strangest phenomena is that all these murders transpired over a 15-minute period. That's Marvin Scott. He reported on the murders for WNEW-TV in New York and later for WPIX. What was the motive? Why were six DeFeos shot and killed in their beds, back-to-back, execution-style? And the why was the biggest piece of the puzzle that Amityville investigators were trying to solve. Right after the DeFeos were killed, the police got wild tips, like they were murdered, as part of some botched burglary attempt. The cops also ran through scenarios in which different members of the DeFeo family had been the masterminds behind the shootings. But that still left the question of motive. Would abuse in the home and sibling rivalry move a DeFeo to kill? The police weren't sold. If family members had turned on each other or a burglar was looting the Ocean Avenue house, Wouldn't at least one of the DeFeos have woken up as the shooting was happening, put up a fight, called the cops, 
run out of the house? Remember Joel Martin? He was one of the first reporters at the scene of the crime. Joel says the rumors about motive and possible suspects just kept swirling around the case. Of course, there were mysteries about that, too, because they're all found in a certain position laying down. Here's journalist Laura DiDio. And according to the coroner and the autopsy reports, they were not drugged, which is another big mystery here. Why didn't anybody really wake up or, or try and defend themselves? And why didn't any of the neighbors here, why were they all found face down? Nobody has ever been able to explain that. In episode one, we told you no one heard the loud gunshots that night on November 13th, 1974. What if I told you someone did hear the shots, but they were too scared to speak up? They didn't want to involve themselves. But there's hands down, no question, that more and more people have heard those gunshots during that evening. That's author Rick Osuna. Folks in Amityville knew they were connected to the mob. You heard right. He said the DeFeos were connected to the mob, the mafia, organized crime. And when the police found out about this very crucial detail, it changed the shape of their investigation entirely. From HLN, this is Very Scary People, The Amityville Murders. I'm your host, Donnie Wahlberg. This is episode three, Mob Ties. As we told you in our last episode, the Brigantes weren't crazy about their daughter Louise marrying a man like Ron DeFeo Sr., a.k.a. Big Ronnie, a man who was allegedly loud, controlling, and physically abusive towards his wife and kids. But they loved her. That's why they bought Louise and Big Ronnie a sizable house on a canal on Long Island's South Shore with a big yard and a pool. The Brigantes wanted to get to know their grandkids, too. So Louise's father, Michael Brigante, a businessman who owned a car dealership in Brooklyn, made an effort to keep things civil. Here's journalist Laura DiDio. I think it was probably like any father-in-law and son-in-law. You know, they probably didn't hate each other, but they tolerated one another for the sake of Louise and five kids. When it came to marriage, the DeFeos were, in many ways, a traditional Italian-American Catholic family. And, of course, in those days, there was still a stigma attached to divorce. So, and especially if you're, again, if you're Catholic. So it's something that you stick with it. You just don't go out and get a divorce. And certainly Big Ronnie Sr. wasn't going to do a lot to really provoke his father-in-law, who was considered a very um, imposing, indomitable strong-willed person in his own right, who, again, was reputed to know a lot of people and have a lot of connections. Connections Michael Brigante had to organize crime, the mob. And those connections extended to his son-in-law, Big Ronnie, says Don DeFeo's friend, Paula Uriburo. I mean, there was rumors that, oh, uh, her father was in the mafia. Like, that was the thing. And because he had a lot of money and he owned big cars and things, and I think they owned a car dealership, 
Big Ronnie had a penchant for showing off. Not just within his own house, but out in town, too. Author Rick Osuna says the mafia thing wasn't really a secret. Big Ronnie would frequently talk up the association. Folks in Amityville knew from the bragging from uh, the father that uh, th there was mob connections. So people did talk about, hey, this could have been a mob hit. And while those rumors for a long time were just rumors, investigators soon began to look into whether the association with the mob had something to do with why and how the DeFeos were murdered that dark November 13th night. It seemed as good a theory as any. Putting this in the context of the times, back in the mid-70s, early 80s in New York, you had a lot of mob hits going on. And so the Italian mafia of the time, this is, you know, prior to what we see today with, you know, drug cartels from Mexico or Colombia, were pretty prominent in the news. The mob was a legitimate threat, and police took that seriously especially when it came to keeping an eye on the only DeFeo still standing after the murders in late 1974, Ron DeFeo Jr. The only survivor of the family, 23-year-old Ronald Butch DeFeo Jr., was said to have discovered the bodies, and police said that for his safety, they're holding him in protective custody. Ron Jr. helped investigators corroborate a mob lead, according to TV journalist Marvin Scott. When the murders were uncovered, of course, Ron was pulled in and questioned. And he initially said that this was a mob hit. He named someone. And police immediately put Ron DeFeo in protective custody, fearful if they got the whole family, they would get him as well. And as police pursued this lead, that the mob killed the DeFeos, they connected more and more dots between the mafia and the family. Daniel Jenis is a New York writer who knew Ron DeFeo Jr. well. He confirms Big Ronnie had ties to organized crime. His father, he was not a mafia member, but he was somewhat of an associate and had made some money with the mafia and owed favors. It wasn't just Ronnie. There was apparently another family member with mob connections. One of Ronnie's uncles, Pete DeFeo, was reputed to be a member of the Genovese crime family. Here's Ron Jr. talking about his father's connections to the mob in a documentary about the DeFeo murders from 1995. My father was involved with big, big people in organized crime. The Genovese crime family was one of the most notorious crews in the American mafia. They were one of five mob families that dominated New York City. Genovese crime family members allegedly ordered murder contracts and dealt in illegal gambling and labor racketeering. In other words, these people were dangerous, and they had enemies. So you have ties to the Genoveses on Ron Sr.'s side. On Louise's side, the mob seemed to be connected to Michael Brigante's Buick dealership in Brooklyn, says Rick Osuna. Briganti Sr. ran a Buick dealership in Brooklyn that was a mob front for a lot of dirty mob business. It was the Briganti Call Buick dealership in Brooklyn on Coney Island Avenue between the Kensington and Flatbush neighborhoods. Michael hired his son-in-law, Big Ronnie, to run the service side of the shop. 
In an interview released in 1995, Ron Jr. said outside of fixing and selling cars at the dealership, other big deals went down related to loan sharking, real estate, land development, and oil. They had their hands in a lot of different things. But decades later, Ron Jr. went back on what he said and defended the business. It was a legitimate business. They didn't do anything wrong in the Buick dealership. They took it outside. It was three body shops, in fact, at that time. And uh, what actually transpired there, it was a legitimate business. The more investigators dug, the more details began to appear showing DeFeo's affiliations with organized crime. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. In November 1974, things weren't looking so good for the family business. The feds knew Brigante and DeFeo were doing something more than selling cars at the Buick dealership in Brooklyn, according to Laura DiDio. There had been some secret tape recordings, you know, authorized wiretaps, with other investigations that involved things that might have been going on at the Buick dealership. In 1970, the Nixon administration passed the Racketeering Influenced and Corrupt Organization Act, known by its acronym, RICO, essentially to prosecute the mafia and other people engaged with organized crime. Because of this law, the government could go after the top leadership in crime families, plus hitmen and capos, not just individuals for individual crimes. And it became a very real threat to mafia families. All to say teams of federal prosecutors were looking to indict anyone with mob connections they could. 
and it sounds like they might have been onto something at the Buick dealership, which would have been a big problem for Brigante. And that was one of the things that we saw because they found out about a separate investigation by the RICO squad, the racket boys, if you will, in Brooklyn that involved the Brigante Buick dealership. Rick Osuna says there was a rumor going around that Ron, Big Ronnie DeFeo Sr., was skimming money from the dealership. Also, a big problem for the family. November of 74, fall of 74, things were really going bad for Big Ronnie. Briganti was thinking very heavily of closing the dealership. He also embezzled money from the mob. Big Ronnie was in charge of managing the ledgers for the dealership which detailed all its business transactions, the customers, and who paid what when. Rick Osuna says he'd often take those books home and cook them up for the dealership, basically fabricating them to cover up the mob activity. But Rick remembers there was something else going on with Big Ronnie. Something strange. Big Ronnie had a sickness. Um, besides him abusing, being violent with his family, which is a sickness unto itself, he really had delusions, um, just unstable. I mean, at one point he thought he had ESP. ESP, extrasensory perception, a sixth sense. In other words, Big Ronnie thought he was receiving messages from the beyond. He would wake family up in the middle of the night, family who lived by the water saying, you have to evacuate, there's a tsunami coming. I feel it. A tsunami cresting over and destroying Long Island. Highly unlikely. But Big Ronnie truly felt it was coming. He said he was hearing messages, voices telling him to get up, take his family, and move. Then there were the religious visions. The DeFeo family went to church on Sundays, and the kids were enrolled in a Catholic school. But one day, religion began to take on even more of a role for Big Ronnie. Gloria Gangitano was friends with his wife, Louise. And all of a sudden, when he was in this church, he got this, like, a revelation. He was one with St. Joseph, and he was a changed man. Big Ronnie was so convinced this vision was real, he started corresponding with a priest in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Rick says the priest was a con man, but Big Ronnie fell for his tricks. Apparently he had a vision, and the charlatan would milk Big Ronnie for money, and it would tell Big Ronnie, you do have ESP, and it would feed into Big Ronnie's tendencies. Big Ronnie's religious revelations were also hurting the DeFeo's reputation on their block in Amityville. In front of the house, there are a lot of Catholic statues, specifically in the front, there is a St. Joseph holding a baby Jesus, and Ronnie, Big Ronnie would come out and he would pray in front of that statue in his underwear. You heard that right. Big Ronnie would come out to the front yard in his underwear to pray to the statues of saints he'd installed in the front yard. Louise would come out yelling at her husband to come back inside because the neighbors were watching. He would threaten to beat her again because he had just gotten done beating her if she didn't go inside. And he would go continue praying in front of the statue. So it was a very um, chaotic, uh, tumultuous household 
Um, and the neighbors didn't like it, of course, but they had become used to it over the years. Michael Brigante watched it all go down, but he looked the other way. Maybe he loved his daughter Louise too much. He knew Big Ronnie was embezzling money, but it was a mob-controlled business, so that would be a death sentence. And he knew he didn't want to hurt Louise. So that meant Big Ronnie had to do one big score. Put simply, Big Ronnie had to prove his worth to save his rear end. Ron Jr. also worked at the Buick dealership. In the fall of 1974, he remembered his dad and grandfather were working on a big deal. They were getting ready to make a big, big move with a well-known man, but I'll keep his name out of it, huh? You know, with a land development scheme. Uh, they weren't involved in drugs. They were involved in a lot of deals with oil back then. Uh, if you remember back then, there was an oil shortage, so, so the government said. They had their hands in a lot of different things. We don't know much more about that particular land development scheme that Ron Jr. was talking about that was supposedly in the works in 1974. That deal never materialized. Maybe because the feds were onto them. But one thing we do know, right before the DeFeo family was murdered, thousands of dollars disappeared from the dealership's coffers in Brooklyn on Ron Jr.'s watch. Here's Laura DiDio. Weeks before the murders, $20,000 bank deposit that Ronald and one of the other employees was supposed to be making had suddenly disappeared. Some reports from the Times say Ron Jr. believed he didn't make enough money working at the dealership, so he stole that nearly 20 grand for himself. Ron Jr. claimed he was beaten up and mugged. Apparently at 2.30 in the afternoon, right around the corner from the dealership, according to media reports from the time. But his dad knew better. Apparently, so did police. When Ron Jr. told cops about the alleged mugging, he refused to come to the station to look at mugshots of possible suspects. And then, after the nearly 20,000 bucks mysteriously went missing from the dealership, Ron Jr. came home with a brand new wardrobe. Now, I don't know exactly what Ron Jr. brought home after that alleged shopping spree, but based on what was popular in men's fashion in 1974, I can imagine he may have ended up with bell-bottom pants, long-collared shirts, and a couple patterned turtleneck sweaters. Anyway, whatever he bought tipped off his dad, and Big Ronnie was not having it. And the father was saying to him, you took that money, didn't you? That was the, the theory that uh, went around, and he was denying it. Tensions at this time between Ron Jr. and Big Ronnie were high, and the mob played a role in this. As we told you earlier, it was suspected that the mob was involved with the dealership's finances. They would want to know where that $20,000 went. According to Ron Jr., his dad kept the ledgers detailing dealership transactions at the Ocean Avenue house in the basement. Ron Jr. said he found the books at his parents' house, burned them, and buried the remains out in the woods. The mob, he said, might come looking for those books, and Ron Jr. wanted them gone. 
I guess you could say he was also trying to protect himself. No one knows how connected Ron Jr. himself was to the mob, but the feds believed wiretaps proved he was certainly a player in the business. Ronnie Jr. was the subject of many of those conversations between Michael Briganti Sr., his grandfather, and his friends, associates, etc., who talked about very openly, oh my God, that kid, meaning Ronnie, he could hang us all with what he knows. Whatever they told me to do, I did. And I was paid money for doing this. Did Ron Jr. know too much? What if he was the one who was supposed to be killed that night, but someone decided to unleash vengeance on his family instead? And if the mob was involved in the DeFeo killings, maybe that's why no one reported shotguns being fired that night. Here's Rick. So the whole idea of the victims not waking up or the neighbors not hearing it, it's just, it's humanly impossible. There's no way that could have happened. So when I was doing this research, I did interview um, a few of the neighbors and they did admit to hearing the gunshots. But because it was a DeFeo household, they figured it was, you know, par for the course. Someone else is going crazy. And I asked, well, why didn't you tell the police afterwards? It would have helped their investigation. But no one did. The killing of six people, that's a whole family. That's pretty severe. And given the, you know, reputed organized crime ties the family had mentioned and people believed, people were scared to come forward. And it would further explain why, even in the close-knit community of Amityville, so few people were coming forward with information about the murders. The other question comes to mind is, you know, all the abuse witness, all the, the knowing, the knowledge that what was going on in that household, those kids suffering and so forth, someone could have come forward and gone to the police. And again, people were minding their own business. Different time, different age. Just to recap where we find ourselves in late 1974, the federal government was investigating the Brigante DeFeo family dealership. There were rumors of mob affiliations, a strange religious experience that Ron Sr. had that required he find some money fast, and how a theft when that $20,000 went missing from the dealership on Ron Jr.'s watch might have fit into the puzzle. Then, six members of the DeFeo family are murdered, all but Ron DeFeo Jr. The DeFeo funeral takes place in Amityville, and the police search for motives, suspects, and begin to consider the mob hit theory. They even put Ron Jr. in protective custody in case the mafia comes after him, looking for that missing money. Writer Daniel Jenis says Ron Jr. had a theory about who killed his parents and siblings on November 13, 1974. He told police Louis Fellini did it. Fellini was a supposed hitman who was allegedly often hired by the mafia to do its dirty work. So the police looked into Fellini's whereabouts on the night of the murders. The person was later found to have an alibi and could not have been in Amityville killing Ronnie DeVale's family at all. So police crossed Fellini off the list. Ron Jr.'s lead proved to be false. Joel Martin was a longtime radio host for WBAB in Long Island. 
He recalls doing a ghost show about the DeFeo murders and getting a call from a man who identified himself as Michael Brigante. Michael Brigante thanked Joel that day for doing the show. Now, we don't know if Brigante had any involvement with the DeFeo murders. It was his daughter, son-in-law, and grandchildren who were killed. So it seems pretty unlikely. Joel also doesn't buy the theory that the mob killed the DeFeos then. And I don't think Ronnie was involved. And I think that was just something that, that was a rumor and something that was said. If it was true, they don't kill their own children that way. It, it just doesn't happen, all right? Rick Osuna agrees with Joel that the mafia wouldn't have sanctioned a crime that involved the murder of kids. Organized crime did not condone the execution of small children. So that would have been a cardinal sin for them. And there would be plenty of ways for, if they wanted to send a message, to do that without killing those kids. So, at this point in the investigation, the police also began to turn their attention to the only member of the DeFeo family who survived the night of November 13, 1974. Ron DeFeo Jr. He threw out a lot of, you know, wild theories. But within the first 48 hours, the focus had quickly shifted to him as the chief suspect and um, alleged killer. And that's what happened. Suddenly, the person offering the police information about who killed the family that night became suspect number one. Investigators say without explanation that they now feel young DeFeo was in the house at the time of the murders. Did Ron Jr. know more than he initially let on? When I started my research, it was the typical story that I knew about the murders, the DeFeo murders, that the older son woke up 3.15 in the morning, got his hunting rifle, and executed his entire family while they all slept face down in bed, and nobody woke up. One thing led to another. I started going down this road. People would contact me. I would uncover information, and it just snowballed. What happened inside that house on November 13, 1974, under the cloak of privacy and the sanctity of family that brought about the tragic end of the DeFeos? Was there a demonic spirit in the house that moved Ron DeFeo Jr. to commit a mass murder? There is no question that he wasn't possessed. There's no question there weren't demons. There is no question that something horrible happened in that house. But Ronnie DeFeo is a victim here. That's next time on Very Scary People. Very Scary People, The Amityville Murders, is hosted by me, Donnie Wahlberg. It's a production of HLN in collaboration with Neon Hum Media and is based on an original series created by CNN executive producer Nancy Duffy. At CNN, our senior producer is Sabina Ryman. Our producer is Allison O'Brien, and our executive producer is Abby Fentress Swanson. Alexander McCall leads audience strategy for our show, and Jameis Andrist designed our artwork. From Neon Hum Media, our executive producer is Jonathan Hirsch. Kate Mishkin is our producer, and our associate producers are Chloe Chobel and Navani Otero. Our editor is Stephanie Serrano. Samantha Allison is our production manager. Sam Baer and Josh Harn are our mix engineers. 
theme and original music composed by Asha Ivanovich. Additional music came from Blue Dot Sessions and Epidemic Sound. Special thanks to Tara Lawrence, Michael Reyes, Courtney Coop, Tamika Balance Kalasny, Ashley Lusk, Robert Mathers, Christian DeChateau, Lisa Namaro, and John Dianora. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.